Chara Supply Chain. Highlighting and showcasing solutions for the most complex challenges facing the industry in 21st century by our team of subject matter experts and mentors. Broadcasting every week all year round, we will present the most up-to-date series of podcasts and webinars. Hello and welcome to another new episode of Bicara Supply Chain. Uh, this is Rohadi House and my guest today is uh, Fitra Faisal. He is a, a senior lecturer at the University of Indonesia and executive director at the Next uh, Policy. So thank you for being here, Pak Fitra. It's great to have you on the show. Yeah, this, the door swings both ways, Pak Rohadi. is also glad uh, for inviting me to this uh, very wonderful podcast. Mm-hmm. All right. So in today's episode, we'll be talking about the future of Indonesian economy from a global trades perspective. But before we get started, Pak Fitra, uh, could you please brief a little bit about yourself and your personal background? Sure, sure. So um, as you introduced me earlier, I'm a senior uh, lecturer, uh, associate professor at the University of Indonesia, and also Um, executive director of Next Policy is actually a, a think tank institutions yeah, that um, uh, me and also several other colleagues um, uh, created just a couple of years ago. So we tackle things uh, a quite ranging, quite wide ranging uh, uh, discussion and things and also um, um, Uh, policy issues uh, with regards of economic polit- uh, politics and also some um, some um, data science yeah uh, for for uh, what, is it, what do you say uh, 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 measuring the uh, economic in in a most modern way mm-hmm. interesting okay so I would like to start the discussion by showing the data from Indonesia statics burial. Uh, last, 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 this money actually, right? Which reported that the Indonesian's GDP expanded uh, 5.01% uh, in the first quarter from the same period last year. So there are two questions here, Pak Fitra. Well, what is your view on this and what would be the projection in the next Q2 and overall 2022? So uh, this is a very much Uh, in line with uh, consensus and expectation of five percent is quite solid, uh, but this uh, you know uh, we cannot take this for granted as it is actually uh, compared with the Q1 in 2021 uh, from a very low base effect, yeah, minus uh, 0.74%. So meaning that uh, we have a very positive um, result in the Q1 in this year uh, coming from a very low base effect as uh, we compared with uh, Q1 uh, last year. Um, that is the first the first uh, note. Uh, to the second note, we also see that uh, one of the primary drivers of this economic growth in the Q1 in 2022 is also coming from trade, yeah, from export and also import. As 
we can see that uh, the commodity is driving exports and it's, uh, it's actually uh, quite positive for the economy. But uh, we have some issues with regards to the export because it is actually heavily coming from the commodities. So um, according to our simulation, it might give you a very uh, contractionary effect in uh, several other quarters. So if we put export aggressively in commodities, um, so uh, the, the input of production will be quite uh, lacking yeah, in the uh, mid and also the long term. So according to our simulation, this will give a contractionary effect uh, uh, ranging from minus 0.6% to minus 0.8 percent in the economy. So, um, so uh, to to make this simple, so if we have the uh, potential effect of uh, economy growing for maybe at least five percent, so because of this uh, aggressivity in commodity export, this will um, maybe possibly we, we only grow only 4.5 percent. Uh, or maybe less yeah, because of this contractionary effect of the uh, commodity export. So this should be taken care of uh, in the future. So this will be the second notes of this 5% growth in uh, Q1 2022. The other note is we also seeing that uh, the consumption is growing considerably, although it is still below um, what is it, the average growth, but it is still actually promising because uh, if we compare it with, uh, again, the quarter Q1 in 2021, uh, we had a minus growth. And, and if we compare it with last year, yes, yeah, on average, we all only have um, an average of 2% of uh, consumption growth. So above 4% growth in this Q1 2022 is actually quite promising. Um, not to mention that in Q, uh, we, uh, on the first of uh, the end of the uh, Q1 and entering the period of the Q2, we, we are seeing a massive um, economic activities yeah? uh, uh, that came from Ramadan, Lebaran, and also Modic activities. This is actually quite also uh, promising. Although, uh, my to my other note is uh, pandemic is still there. So yeah. we need to still be careful because this is actually one of the primary shock of the economy. It's actually giving you um, uh, the variation of shock, of shock is quite dominant, about 17%, which is actually uh, the biggest uh, variation. Yeah. The second one is inflation. So, um, but my, my view to this is maybe we will see another, uh, what do you say, period of what is it, uh, uh, economic volatility yeah, coming not from the pandemic, but from the inflation. Uh, mm. So in that case, we are actually seeing the supply chain um, constraint yeah, that is actually yeah. becoming uh, our theme today. Okay, Pak uh, Fitra, there have been so many things happening now, right, in the global supply chains, such as uh, lockdown in China, uh, which is uh, ha still happening now, wars in Ukraine, 
So what could be impacting to Indonesian economy? Do you see any direct impact in the short or long period? Uh, I have these two books explaining on those specific matters. Mm -hmm. The first one is trade strategy in East Asia from regionalization uh, and uh, to regionalism. It is published in 2017 under Paul Grief Macmillan. And in 2019, global, globalization and production network in ASEAN is also published by Paul Grief Macmillan. It's actually um, explaining about the Indonesians and also the Asian conditions uh, in the light of uh, global production network and global food supply chain. And uh, within those two books, so it is not surprising that uh, uh, our findings is actually uh, saying that Indonesia is quite lagging behind, yeah, from right. the regional peers, from in, uh, from Thailand, uh, Malaysia, Vietnam, Philippines, and uh, and and so, uh, some other countries. But um, since 2019, yeah, and 2020, especially in 2020, which is actually the period of pandemic, um, it is actually becoming more positive for Indonesia yeah, in terms of we have some opportunities and we, we are still having it uh, until now, but the window is uh, thinner and thinner. Uh, but uh, what we can learn from the pandemic, the pandemic itself is creating uh, um, some kind of the necessary evil for the Indonesian participation in global production network because it is creating two uh, fronts from China and also uh, from uh, other big countries. From China, I, 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 I can uh, I, I name it as the China uh, factor because uh, China is growing um, during the pandemic. Uh, they uh, even avoided recession, although they have this lockdown nowadays, uh, but, but they're still okay. They're still solid because they're having a very good foundation, economic foundation and industrial uh, foundation. But what is actually quite lagging from them is from the input of production, which is quite suboptimal. So their industry is actually craving for more inputs from ASEAN countries. In that sense, Indonesia and several other ASEAN countries is having these opportunities uh, to to support China uh, production network. That is the uh, the the China factor, and the second factor is actually the relocation factor. The relocation factor itself is coming from other countries, uh, from the U.S., European countries, and also Japan. Yeah, uh, these big countries they are having a switch in strategy. Before, they are focusing more on uh, um, what is it, efficiency. Now, they're doing and they're switching their portfolios away from China. China is synonymous with efficiency. Of course, when, when, you, uh, when they use the Chinese production network, means that they are having efficiency everywhere. But nowadays, they're switching not to only to efficiency, but also to, the, to resiliency. In that case, they're actually expanding their portfolios away from China to other countries. Yeah. Uh, and these alternative countries, yeah, uh, most of them are coming from ASEAN countries. 
in that way, Indonesia is also quite um, uh, uh, so we say um, blessed with 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 this pandemic and also the uh, global obstruction in the supply chain. So coming to your questions, what is actually the um, effect of the Chinese lockdown? Of course, this is actually a bit cons uh, uh, is quite constraining, not only a bit, but it's quite constraining for the overall global supply chain. But um, but from this past two years, uh, uh, several other countries, the big countries have learned to switch their portfolio to expand their portfolios to other countries. So yeah, of course, this is actually quite troublesome for them, for them, but they're also having other strategies to cope with this, uh, um, I hope a very short lockdown. But in that case, Indonesia and also ASEAN countries is having opportunities yeah, to fill in the gap. Uh, before we close today's uh, conversation, I have another last question. Which is related to um, our president, right, Pak Joko Widodo, uh, that met Elon Musk on Saturday last week in the Texas, U.S. to discuss uh, potential investment and, and technology. What will you see after that meeting? Of course, this is a very important meeting. Yeah, it's not mm -hmm. only a gimmick, but uh, of course, expect, expected. I'm expecting that it's not, it's not only a gimmick uh, to to raise the popularity of the president but i think this is also a very good signaling effect for other yeah. investors that indonesia is ready yeah for the investors we are having the facilities the infrastructure the uh, institutions we have also the omnibus law uh, that is actually being created to accept and to absorb good quality investment so in doing so so uh, i think i think this is a very good strategy uh, from the government and as, uh, and i also expect that this is becoming more concrete um, uh, in, in in the short run so we we need to actually to to um, you know to punch uh, to to create uh, a short punchline in meaning that yeah we need to uh, we, we need to create a more concrete invest, investor and investment strategy for Indonesia. The president is coming to Elon is also saying, uh, seemingly saying that yeah, Indonesia is also uh, the country for the future because um, Elon, Elon is actually a technological, uh, what do you say, um, giant. Yes. So by meeting Alan is also like we are saying that Indonesia is is ready for the future uh, technology and the future modernization of the economic activities. Yeah, I hope uh, I hope this will not stop here. Yeah, it's not mm -hmm. only the president meeting Elon Musk, but uh, of of course we are expecting this to to create another. Um, what do you say? Um, uh, not only a discourse, but on also concrete activities. Yeah, not only coming from Tesla, but also from other uh, giants. And not, not only tech giant, of course, but we also uh, want to see another giant yeah, coming from other sectors yeah, to fill in the investment needs in Indonesia. <music>
At Vichara Supply Chain, we are committed to driving global perspective to embrace technological adaptation in improving process efficiencies. Don't forget to subscribe, like and share Vichara Supply Chain and stay tuned for the latest updates. To learn more, visit our website www.vicharasupplychain.com. Thank you for listening to us. We look forward to seeing you at our next episode.